actually nervous about. What did you do? I was trying to scroll up on Facebook and I accidentally hit like on something and I saw it turn blue and say like right as I scrolled up. So I don't know what I liked. Well, you're, I there's need no way to, to know. You can't know. There's ah! no way for you to know. It's gonna be like some person I haven't talked. I haven't talked to in like four years, and they're and it's gonna be something weird. Ah, what did I be do? Like, you're just gonna have to live with it. This like, is why you shouldn't be on some, Facebook while we're doing the podcast. Had, like two likes. I don't know. Oh, that means it's probably a dead post. It. It's like Jason Statham has checked out of rehab. Like. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Joining me this week, my partner in finely scented, inflatable crime. Finely scented. Finely scented. Oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> inflatable, I got. Yeah. Like, what? What? What am I like? You, you pine s- fresh. You smell of rose wa- roses in water. Oh. oh. See? Pie. See what I did there? Nobody well, after you explained you it to me, yes. <laughs> Also joining us this week, uh, back again for more uh, abuse. Yeah, well, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, the lovely Jenna Gabriel. Oh, great, thanks. You're welcome. Hi, I just uh, last named her. Any one of our students now who's Googling her. I always, I always last name her. Oh, do you? I, don't I always do. Last named me. I don't Please put don't. it in print, but Please I always. It's usually, okay. it's, it's, it's usually last named and abuse. Uh, it's usually yeah. the same thirty. <laughs> it's, so. it's always the lovely Jenna Gabriel. And my, and my lovely wife, Jamie. That's there true. There you go. You like never got a last name because like you're my lovely way. wife, Jamie. I'm an enigma. That's true. That's I'm like true. Cher and mm-hmm. Madonna. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll yes. go with that. Yes. And Seal. Yes. I'm going to call you Bay for the rest of the podcast. Is that cool? All right. But in my head, I'm going to think Bay Kennish from Switch to Birth, so that's okay. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm, I take it. I rescind that offer. Uh, so yeah, today we're uh, we've got a whole smorgasbord of things to discuss today, including two I think uh, really excellent films, uh, both John Stewart's directorial debut *Rosewater*, uh, and the newest. Uh, oh, finally scented *Rosewater*. Oh, oh. thank you for that. Yeah, you guys are the best. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, the newest Disney animated feature, uh, *Big Hero 6*, which is also the first collaboration of sorts between uh, disney and marvel so uh it's very very interesting that is not accurate uh between disney animation and marvel is what i should say that's fair um so uh but before we do that's a point for me thank you uh before we do that we're going to talk about all sorts of interesting uh news items that happened this week uh bart bart and i were discussing a couple days ago uh whether or not you know typically when we record these um I sort of accumulate a list of things that happen over the course of the week that I think are, you know, worth talking about. Um, and I always mean to, like, email them to you, Bart, beforehand. Yep. And then I never do. And yep. So I was like, but I was trying to decide, like, is that a good thing? Is that well, a bad thing? So basically, what you get if we were, what we were discussing is that, yeah, I don't know half of what you're talking about. You have to explain <laughs> it to everyone. But, you know, the thing is that you also get my genuine, uh, res- you know 
reaction to it. Yeah, reaction in the Where, moment. So, so, uh, so I think uh, from now on we'll, we'll refer to this as Bart reacts to the news because that's really the <laughs> that's uh, enduring fair. value here. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, lots of lots of interesting things here. Uh, some that we can just sort of blow through quickly, but some that are you know I think merit further discussion. Uh, but there's a lot of really cool uh, and intriguing casting. Uh, announcements and and rumors uh and speculation going on this week uh so i thought i'd i thought i'd blow through some of those uh up front harley quinn yeah first off we've Perfect. got so so the uh dc suicide squad movie like i said it's their next movie coming uh in 2016 after uh dawn of justice um so they've gotta you know they gotta get moving on this thing very quickly i assume there's a script that is done now um although they haven't still haven't said oh i don't know if i believe that well yeah maybe uh, they still haven't said which characters exactly we're gonna get um or what the plot is really about so we've been everyone's been trying to sort of piece it together uh you know one one little cog at a time uh there have been uh rumors that uh warners wants jesse eisenberg to come in uh to you know reprise his lex luther um, there's also we talked last week about the possibility of Jared Leto playing the Joker, um, and then there's just been some names sort of thrown around um, without necessarily a lot of characters related to them. A bunch of those kind of solidified this week. First and foremost is uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, Margot Robbie uh, has this hasn't been actually properly confirmed by the studio. This is just uh, you know one website reporting and other people saying yeah I've been hearing the same thing, but none of this has actually been properly confirmed by the studio but uh it's you know the the rumor was or the story was that margot robbie has sort of been chosen and is negotiating to play harley quinn um uh part and parcel with that is uh jai courtney uh supposedly in negotiations to play deadshot uh jai courtney is the guy we talked about him a couple weeks ago yeah, i can't remember in reference to terminator um because he's the guy who's playing kyle reese in terminator he was in uh, Jack Reacher. He's been in a bunch of stuff and never really made a proper oh, good impression guy. with me. Yeah, exactly. That guy. Oh, that guy. Um, uh, we're also looking at uh, Will Smith. Uh, we're trying to figure out who Will Smith is supposed to be playing. He is apparently in the running for, uh, or the chosen, the preferred choice for Captain Boomerang. Fuck which is, is like Captain a, Boomerang. I can't believe he's going to be a real character in a real movie and he's going to be Will Smith of all people. Uh, Captain Boomerang is a, a nemesis of the Flash, and he's literally just an Australian guy who throws boomerangs. Like he's like the Penguin with like a but or like the uh, Green Arrow. Or he's like I was gonna say he sounds kind of like Hawkeye. Yeah, he's got a million weird boomerangs, and it's like you know who else right. has boomerangs in the DC universe? DC universe. <laughs> Who's that? Fucking Batman. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, so uh, and Not then wrong. and then Tom Hardy is supposedly uh, still on, in the running for apocalypse. Uh, no, Rick Flag, uh, who's sort of the military guy who runs the team, kind of thing. And apocalypse. Um, well, yes, and supposedly still in running for apocalypse. And so, but well, he's he's everywhere. He's everyone. He's gonna, Tom Hardy is all of us. He's he's gonna start to rival. Uh, what's his name? I don't, I don't know what's his name. Brian Dennehy? No, fucking... God damn it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. God, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan yes. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds in all, all of his, the movies, yeah. all of his superhero presence. Um, I think it's interesting because Jai Courtney is an Australian, um, but not in the running to play the Australian guy, and Will Smith 
instead, perhaps? Like, I, I'm trying to imagine... Do you have any desire to see Will Smith in this movie? Seriously? I mean, I'm at Think this point... Think about how weird and lopsided that's going to No, it's going to be super weird. At this point, I'm just fascinated by, like, what the fuck is going on with Will Smith's career. He... There's a movie that he... What was the last movie he was in? Well, there, the last movie After he starred Earth. in was After Earth. Oh. He's been in another movie since then, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to say what it is, because it was uh, uh, basically like kind of like Matt Damon in Interstellar. Like, he was not in any of the advertising. It's like kind of a cameo, and he shows up like halfway through the movie. Captain Boomerang is also just a weird fucking character. Like, he literally wears like a blue jumpsuit covered in little boomerangs. You realize Captain Boomerang is one, literally one step removed from Captain Kangaroo, right? Oh, yeah. No. Okay, like... I feel like there's no way that any like he he's got to be someone calls him that like sarcastically halfway through like all right Captain Boomerang or whatever, or he's like the guy that nobody will give respect to except Will Smith can I don't know if Will Smith does that role you know like I don't know if anybody buys Will Smith Will Smith as the the villain nobody takes seriously well, you know he's the actor no one takes seriously. Well, all of Asia takes him very seriously. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's really true. Yeah. He, I mean, even though he hasn't had, like, a big hit movie in the States, he is still a, he is Tom Cruise. He is a huge global, like, you know, internationally, he still rakes in the money. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, these actors who are just themselves and everything. Yeah. Um, so, so either way, it looks like uh, Suicide Squad is shaping up. And like I said, this is all going to be move, moving very quickly. Uh, we should get confirmation on some of this stuff and some, you know, these roles are going to get finalized, you know, pretty, pretty soon, I think. Well, so. I think the Margot Robbie casting would be excellent. Yeah. Uh, I expect to hear some of this stuff confirmed she by Christmas She looks the least. part. The accent is about right. Yeah. Uh, well, she can do the accent. That's not her natural that's, accent. But no, I know. I know that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like she could yeah. straight up reuse them. Mm -hmm. and it would be fine. Um, uh, the other interesting one. So, uh, on the flip side of uh, on the flip side of the comic universe, uh, over on the Marvel side, uh, yesterday uh, Marvel cast uh, Daniel Bruhl uh, in Captain America: Civil War. Daniel Bruhl was in um, uh, he was in that race car movie that Ron Howard made oh, with with, with Chris Hemsworth, uh, Rush, which was supposedly very good. Although I didn't I didn't see it, but apparently I it was also it was actually pretty good. Um, but he, I always think of him, I mean, his sort of big breakout was uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. He was the German, the Nazi sniper that they made the movie about, um, and he goes to the film premiere, and he's he's that guy. Um, he's really good. I mean, he's a he's a really excellent actor, um, but he's also, so the, all Marvel said was that he's in the movie. I think they may have said he's a villain, but everyone sort of assumes he's a villain, I think. Um, but they won't say who he is. So lots of speculation. You know, speaking of Chris Hemsworth, yeah, I had a weird moment the other day. So as you know, Jenna and I have been making our way through the Marvel movies. Indeed. And I had this weird moment where suddenly I realized that the spawn of Thor mm -hmm. and Jane Foster would be some weird amalgam of Luke Skywalker and Captain uh. Kirk. Oh, God. Oh, God, that's true. That's weird. Isn't it weird? That is super weird. Just saying. Oh, yeah, fucking franchises blending, man. What are you gonna do? Dogs and cats living mm. together. Mass <laughs> um, hysteria. Yeah, so Jenna, you're making your way through most of the Marvel movies for the first time. How are you feeling about them? I feel pretty good about it. You're you're into phase two now. You're you're uh, you just watched Iron Man three, so your Thor two is your next next on your agenda. I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what's this your weekend for sure? What's been your favorite so far? 
I, so I'm going to call Bart out here for yeah. a minute, oh, and I'm really oh, sorry on. to have to do this. No, but I, I think it makes Fine. it Fine. Yes, you're right. Jamie, impact. you're right. You're right. You're both right. Oh, my God. Wait a I'm second. I'm wrong. I, I am wrong. just saying, can we preserve that part of the podcast for posterity? That's yes, what I said last forever. week, because you told me I was oh right God, last time, yelling. and I was oh like, God, yes, yes. So much. I've Is never been told I was right before without it immediately being followed by. But also, you're also you're wrong. wrong. But you're also wrong. <laughs> so yes, see? I would like that to just be folded up into like a little sound pocket square and like with. tucked in a locket forever. But you also get the benefit of watching the stingers followed immediately by the movie that they were foreshadowing. Which True. is a rare gift. That does not. I know. Fix what she is I about know. to say. I'm aware. What I am about to say is that. After watching all of Iron Man, the first one, mm-hmm. in its entirety, we began the next movie, and I couldn't stay awake to finish it, because it was like... Crap. Well, it was 11.30 no, it, was, night. it was late in the evening. You were a movie and a half in at that point. Right. Yes. And so we paused it. And when the next night we picked up again, we finished it. But still had like more movie in us, and Bart was like, "Let's just start the next one." So you keep watching hat movies half at a time. Yeah, I'm so I've, excited, I've done a, a lot of. Shouldn't have done. It's like a weird. I know, but it's like a. It's a. But Whole it also creates a different continuity. Yeah, it throws off your momentum though, and how you appreciate the each individual movie. Right. So I have this yeah. like very wide understanding of what the <laughs> Marvel universe is, without perhaps the discreet feelings yeah, about but, individual movies. But that perhaps really very funny. little to say that it's of substance. That's fair. No, that's totally that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I will say that I think you're hitting kind of the peaks oh. right now. I mean, Iron Man really Avengers on there there hasn't been firing a, on all cylinders there. Yeah, there hasn't really been a misstep since Avengers, so. And we did finish Iron Man 3 and, and we, stop. And we did so like, we're and we're going to yeah. Like we have said Thor 2, Cap 2, like those get done that is, on their own those and then are fine soon choices. we'll have guardians again i know very exciting i'll love see that again um all right cool so uh so yeah so but okay so what did you think of uh what did you think of uh you, so you haven't done captain america 2 yet okay that's no i'm real i'm way captain america 2 it's might so be my it's one that's certainly up there i mean cap 2 and oh. guardians and avengers are kind of my favorites so mine too um oh, iron man 3 is also up there ah, it's hard all of phase 2 i mean it's just Mm, it's right there. Um, I learned something weird about Phase 2 that I didn't know. What's that? Ant-Man is the end of Phase 2, not Avengers 2. Yeah, technically. Well, so they changed, they changed that up that. a little bit. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to sort of kick off Phase 3, um, and they, when they really kind of rolled out Phase 3, they, Kevin Feige said, yeah, and, and Ant-Man will sort of close up Phase 2 for us, Um which, you know, it's hard to sort of... People want to, like, parse that sentence. Um, does that mean that technically they put out box set for Phase 2? Like, it will not include Ant-Man? Is Ant-Man actually part of Phase 3? Or is it is part of Phase 2? Like, it's hard to say. It always feels like the Avengers were meant to be sort of the... the punctuation. Yeah, the punctuation mark at the end of each phase. Although... I mean, that's what they said. But originally. Phase 3, we're going to have two Avengers movies. So I guess that doesn't necessarily hold true anymore. Um... Well, I think it would be the end of the second one. Well, yeah, probably. So I mean, I can't see that not being a beat. Right. Exactly. So, well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see where it goes. All right, I've changed our microphone setting because 
I feel like we were going to blow out some eardrums there. So we'll see how this works. Well, there was a lot of yelling. We, we get that way. Every, everyone gets really excited when either you or I will acknowledge that someone else is right. Yeah, That's what true. What does that tell you, by the way? It says that we're douchebags. No, it says that we are right so often that when we are not right, no, it, it is something worth taking note of. Down it means that our level to the of... point that they will take any crumb of acknowledgement that you give them. Make me legitimate, Barkley. <laughs> Yikes. Um, it's just a weird twist. Yeah. Um, so, uh... Make me an honest tuba. Whoa. Whoa. I don't think you should refer to your girlfriend as a tuba. No, no, ever. no. That is a reference. That. It is okay. It is rare that I would make a reference that you don't get. <laughs> I'm just giving you life advice, sir. Alright, so another interesting casting note, uh for the next James Bond movie. We've got another James Bond movie gearing up right now as well. Who's Bond? No, no, still Bond Daniel is still Craig. Daniel Craig. Um Right. But uh, the next is he going to be Macaulay Culkin this time again? It's possible. Um, I think he's probably moved out of his uh, his Kevin McAllister phase, if you will. I mean, uh, the sad thing is, I think that was the best one yet, and it got oh, really I think it's great. Fucking weird at the end. I of think it. it's the best of his, probably. That's, I, what, that's I, what I'm saying. I'd have to go back and compare it to Casino Royale. I guess. I mean, he really only has the three, but you know, it's fine. Um, but no, so they're they're casting up the villains. Um, they, uh, I don't know if we ever talked about this in the podcast, but Dave Bautista, who played Drax in Guardians, yeah. is playing sort of the lead henchman, which is very exciting. Uh, and they've been saying, like, they want this to be sort of an iconic henchman character, like an odd job or a Jaws, like somebody of that sort of level. Okay. I don't know if they're going to give him some weird accessory that will <laughs> make him stand out in people's minds or not. Um, the man with the iron shoe. But uh, they're looking for the lead villain. They're looking at... Uh, two-time Oscar winner, Christoph Waltz, who I love. Jenna's making very excited faces. <laughs> I feel really good about that. Right? Are you a Bond fan, Jenna? Do you, have, you, have you seen Bond, all of Bond movies? I have. Yeah. Um, I've seen all of them. Have you? No, I said a lot of Bond movies. I was going to say, yeah. because, I mean, who's really seen all the I don't Roger even think Moore I've ones. seen all of them, yeah. I well, think the I've Roger got a Moore ones cats. can all be rolled into, like, four of them. Jamie's seen, like, almost none of them, though. How many have I seen? I Just think the one? You, have you... Just Casino Royale? Yeah, I think you've just seen Casino Royale because we made you a themed cocktail to go with it. We did not. My well, brother your brother did. did. You were not there. That's true. Um, <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, no, I've been meaning, it's one of those things, like, I only own a couple of them, but I've been meaning to go through and watch them. Oh, man, I don't own any of them. Yeah, I think I own Dr. I said no. I would watch every single one if somebody made me a cool themed cocktail to go with every single one. My brother and I watched Casino Royale, and he made me a Vesper, and it was awesome. Um, so I was that like, if like someone will make me a themed cocktail, I, I know, will right? watch every single one. I just, I like themed food, and I like themed events. So I was like, someone will do that, and I will do it. You yeah. know who should do it? Jenna. Jenna should do it. You know why? Because <laughs> Jenna has the knowledge. That's there true. I mean, I can make you themed cocktails, but they're all going to be the same thing. They're all, they're <laughs> all bourbon. 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 And sometimes you were just going to make me a martini every time. Bourbon in different glasses, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, the. I mean, I'm. I'm down for that. Uh, but I mean, it's also intimidating because we're looking Fucking at eighteen thousand. Well, yeah. I think this next one is twenty-four. And a lot so. of them are bad. 
Yeah, the middle ones, like, you'll get really burnt out in the middle. A lot of the Roger Moore ones are really dicey. Um, they're, have, have let's talk about Timothy Dalton. Well, he only did it the one I time. And, and Timothy uh, Dalton, he's thinking too much. Well, no, see, I want to go I MacGyver. Don't, I don't want to think of I don't Bond. Wanna, I don't want to <laughs> see MacGyver Bond. I want Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Named Christmas <laughs> so that you can make the lamest sex joke ever oh. and just make the entire audience wait two hours for it. It's great. Um, no, no, no. It's I actually, not great, man. I know it's not great. No, I wanna, I wanna go back and rewatch the Dalton ones because I've heard, I've read a lot of things uh, from people who sort of say that when you look back on the Dalton ones now, that they actually feel a lot like, uh, like Daniel Craig ones. Which yeah, is the same reason like they were kind of ahead of their time. A lot of in him. Yeah. At the time, I didn't like. Like at the beginning, I yeah. really didn't like the Daniel Craig ones because to me, Bond should be a guy who relies on charm and gadgets. Yeah, charm and gadgets. Well, yeah, his. Oh, I disagree. Th- the oh I no, know, I know you do because. What do you believe he should no, be? I, just, I always liked Daniel Craig because he's got the like I can be charming and I can be handsome, but yeah. also like when when thug. everything breaks down, I'm just gonna figure it out. Well, like, I think some of the early Sean Connery ones are a lot like that too, and that's like that's the the sort of the pitfall of Bond is that. You know, he would have like in the, especially those those early movies, he'd have like one or two like oh we had a exploding pen or something like just something that was kind of like cool, um, and like Bond basically got like sucked into that black hole of like we got to give him crazier inventions and like weirder gadgets and a super magic car and like all this crazy shit so that by the time you get into the like late stage Roger Moore ones it's like he's got a jet pack and it like for shoes and it's like totally insane um well, and then get the, smart after right exactly and then the the Dalton ones really kind of pitch in the other direction and they really just become kind of like gritty 80s action movies essentially um about a guy named james bond um and then the, that was why people liked brosnan so much because when it came there was an there was a gap there and when, when they came back with brosnan there was that sense of that fun kind of the early roger moore days where it was like no he was really charming and really like really you know really fucking cool guy and he had all of the like crazy gadgets but they weren't like he had a sense of humor about the gadgets um and but even again like over the course of his movies the, it, it just sort of sunk down down until eventually he was driving a remote control invisible car in an ice hotel and we we're like yeah i think we're done with this i think we're okay well it was a remington steel plus one well yeah that's exactly right and you, my you, mom was happy did you know that my, uh my, i don't know if you know this my mom loves, loves remington steel no yes. no loves loves oh pierce, pierce brosnan, brosnan yeah my dad sharon stone yeah, well, that's those are fine. Did you know that? I did. You the, mentioned it. Once those are <laughs> fine sexual icons for your parents to look <laughs> up to, I guess. You just crossed the line. Even <laughs> drinks for five hundred, Alex. So, a couple other casting things here. Uh, first off, uh, Christopher Lambert, the Highlander. There, there can, can be, be only one. one uh, is gonna have a fairly talk show. A talk show. He's not going to have a talk That's show. God damn no, it. No, he's not going to have a talk show. Think how awesome that would be. That would be he pretty awesome. He could have awesome. a guest and then behead them at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's going to have a pretty major uh, role in the Coen Brothers next movie. Oh, really? So I think he's looking for a little Travolta career rejuvenation was, sauce there. Who 
played the Highlander on the TV show with that voice? Uh, I don't remember and that he, like, guy's name. And, he know, was in a movie too. They, he yeah, made it into yeah. one of the movies yeah. alongside Chris. I think they, they killed Christopher Lambert and left just him. And then there were no Highlander movies after that. <laughs> um, uh, more importantly, the one that I'm really excited about. Which one are you really excited about, Bailey? I'm really excited about Creed. Creed is a Rocky spin-off movie. Who? About the grandson of Apollo Creed. Who? Well, no, so uh, it, the kid who's going to play the main character is Michael B. Jordan. This is like this has been in development for a little bit. Michael B. Jordan is playing Apollo Creed's grandson. Does he have a name? Uh, I don't know what his character's name is. Um, the is it a Greek god of some variety? I mean, we Hermes Creed, uh, Dionysus Creed. I hope his name is Dionysus Creed. Let's go with that. That means something very different. Yeah, I know. He could box well drunk. It'll be great. Um, That's not really where I was going. Yeah, I know it wasn't. He's James Bond. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, so he so uh, Adonis. There we oh, go. Oh, that also not a good Are you looking at IMDb? Is that actually No, I'm looking at IMDb. It says Adonis Creed. Dude, no that's way. amazing. I'm not making this up. That's what it says. Oh, my God. I hope that's true. I wow. hope that's actually I correct. Mean, by the title Creed, there are four question marks. But yeah. underneath that, it says Adonis Creed. God, I hope that's real. Because uh, that, that, that is the correct answer. That is the best possible answer. Uh, it's being directed by Ryan Coogler, who uh, directed Michael B. Jordan in Fruitvale. Uh, so that's a really good pairing. I'm really excited about them. And he actually told me about this, sort of, because uh, he came. Coogler was at a, a screening I went to and did Q&A, and I talked to him afterwards. I said, what do you got going on next? And he said, oh, I got a boxing movie. And that's all he said. And then, like, a month later, I found out, oh, no, that boxing movie is a fucking Rocky spinoff. And I got really excited. Um, and part of the reason I get really excited is that they actually have Stallone coming to play Rocky as, like, he's playing the Mickey character. He's going to be the kid's trainer, which is phenomenal. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, there was a time when Rocky came back to be somebody's trainer. Uh, Do yeah. you remember which movie that was? Yeah, that was the one we don't talk about. It was uh, Tommy Gunn. Um, for fuck's sake. But, uh, they, so that's been going for a little while, uh, but they're actually start uh, gearing up. They want to shoot at the beginning of the year, I think, beginning of 2015. Um, and they've cast the villain character, the villain boxer. Um, tell, me tell me it's it's Milo, what's his name? Son. Milo Ventimiglia? Yes. No. Uh, well, that was genius casting. They've the done lifting. the same. It was actually the lifting thing. <laughs> right? Uh, no, they've done the same thing they did with Rocky Balboa. They've cast actual boxers. Um, oh, okay. So they, they cast two boxers. One of them is, some guy, is a guy named Andre Ward. But the guy who's playing the main villain character is uh, his name is Tony Ballou. His character's name is Pretty Ricky Porter. Pretty Sounds Ricky? like a beer. Pretty Ricky Porter, right? Exactly, doesn't it? it does um, sound like a beer. I was a little weirded out by it at first. I was like, that doesn't seem very villainy. It certainly doesn't live up to the, you know, Mason the Line Dixon or uh, even Drago, or it doesn't match any of the like really good Rocky villain names. But here's why I like it. I went and looked up the the actual boxer guy. Yeah. Um, he's uh, a white guy, first of all, which is great. Uh, is he is he a ginger? Uh, no, he's not a ginger. He is British though. He's from Liverpool. Okay, I, I was like, oh, I thought you were pretty going. Ricky, like pretty Ricky Porter as like a like a scumbag British guy. Like, yeah, right. I could buy that. So uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited at the idea of another Rocky movie. Like, keeping this franchise going in a way without... I am not happy about that. Really? Let it be, man. Like, 
yes, Rocky Five was terrible and needed to be, you yeah, know, superseded with something. Fine, great, and we got Rocky Rocky Balboa. It was good. It was good. It was a great way to end it. Mm-hmm. It went out on a good note. Let it sleep. Well, I think I'm okay with it because I think there is negative possibility of Rocky having to fight anybody in this movie. Like, I like the idea of Rocky becoming Mickey. Yeah, but that all that means is that the audience is gonna get blue balled. Well, no, I don't. What think does so. the audience want to see in a Rocky movie? Well, no, that's the thing. It's not gonna be called like Rocky colon Creed. It's just gonna be called Creed. Like, dude, you're putting Rocky Balboa in a boxing movie. I understand. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I guess it's gonna be. Look, it's all gonna be in the marketing. It's all gonna be on no, how man, they try to sell it to people. It's all gonna be in the pudding. It's like, is this like? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited. Like the new Harry Potter. Oh, the the Fantastic Beasts thing. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like Harry Potter. No, but like when Harry comes back, if he inevitably will, or Neville comes back as the professor in the new Hogwarts. Yeah. It's just going to be like really sad. They're doing it again? Sort of. Well, no, no, no. They're doing No, no, no. So she wrote wrote a book called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She wrote it a long time ago. So it's a textbook that the students have in Hogwarts. And she did this like series of books for charity while the Harry Potter books were still coming out. And that was one of them. Mm. And the it's guy over there somewhere. Yes, it is. And the guy who wrote it, Newt's Commander, they're doing a, a movie series about him. But it way predates Harry. So, like, Newt's Commander's yeah. life predates Harry. So, like, by decades. So there will be oh. no Harry in... Well, that's okay. Because that's... Yeah. I mean, that's fine. She wrote a short, short it's a story. But that's a very different thing. She wrote a short story for Pottermore that features Harry and Ginny very briefly. See, but it's a very different thing from having... Rocky Balboa come and But what if it was like a passing the torch thing? Like what if he Dude, I want what you if he name, played Okay, no, 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 stop. I want you to name me one passing the torch movie that you really like. Uh oh, that's a challenge. Say, I feel like there are They're some, all but shit, man. Like... They're all bad. Uh, all of them are bad. Oh man. Because all it does is draw out of the audience their loyalty to the original character and say, "Why don't we just have more of those? Fuck this new guy." DOA. I don't know. I mean, well, I I guess this isn't wrong. this isn't the example. This Go watch Star Trek like, Seven. I feel like if I had to guess, I feel like that's where Marvel is going. Yeah. Like I feel like Marvel is heading themselves down and passing the torch. Oh sure. Well, they're gonna have to with the contract. Yeah. Well, no, but I feel like even apart from that, I feel like they're gonna start moving into. I can't say. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they're gonna start doing that. I mean, we'll have to see what, how they handle it because it, I mean, there's a there's handing off a franchise yeah. to a new set of characters, right? Who are related in some tangential way to the original characters, right? And then there's like having the original story end and having it go off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. That's true. No, so I mean, I guess what I, what I wouldn't mind is a couple getting you know two maybe three probably two movies um if you know if this is any good of this like cool new like young hungry like boxer that's character fine. that's all fine that and like good. sort of takes place in the same rocky that's, universe that is kind of cool that's fine the mistake is having stallone on screen ah, that's well, the problem i don't know we'll see because you could have this character flesh out his own thing and it can be in the same universe that's fine but bringing the character of Rocky, fucking Rocky, into the same physical square 
with that person on the screen is a mistake. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm just excited about yeah, any and all things Rocky. You're, so you're excited about new Star Wars too, though. A little bit. I mean, you know, I'm I I have hope. One of us for the past 17 years or so has been the optimist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And one true. of us hasn't. Can you can you point the hat on the right person? Um, so there's only it's a, like guess who. Yeah, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, something I know Bart you will be excited about. Okay. Uh, or well, I should <laughs> I should I should You're rescind not that. So sure now are you? I should rescind that. Um, <laughs> Sam Raimi. Yes. Bruce Campbell. Yes. Doing an Evil Dead series uh, for stars. Ten, I, I knew about that, and I did not click any of the bait. Yeah, ten, ten episodes for stars, and uh, Bruce Campbell will play an older Ash who is fighting off a new, you know, deadite invasion, That's basically. See, I, I, see, the fact that it's... I, I actually... I was feeling terrible until you said it's, it's 10 yeah. episodes. Yeah, sure. Which means... That's, that's good. Okay, that's a good thing because that means that they can story arc it and they, they can finish it. It can yep. have an ending. Mm-hmm. And that's appropriate for yep. something like that. Uh, I think they're 30 minutes. I think, they're, I think it's he, a half hour. Is so. he the hero? I think he is, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Great. Good. Do it. I'll be curious to see sort of where... Because there's, you know, like five different versions of, Evil, of Army of Darkness and there's one where he ends up back in his uh, supermarket and... There's one, they're like, there, there are a bunch of different endings. We'll be curious to see, like, which one they go with. There's, like, an apocalyptic ending where, like... How have I only ever seen the one ending? I don't know. There's, well, there's, there's two. I think there's two endings. There's one where he, like, the world is, it's, like, post-apocalypse. He comes back and, like, deadites have taken over the world. I have not seen that one. Oh, really? The other um, one is, uh... Shop Smart, Shop Smart. Yeah, Shop Smart, Shop Smart. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of, I think, the favorite. I'm sure that's the one they'll go off of, so... One would hope. Um... But I, you know, I mean, that's the one that's on most of the DVDs. Yeah, I think I so. Think, yeah, I think. I think so. I've I haven't gone back By and way, rewatched that, it in a while, so I don't remember movie, which one is which. Does that movie exist on Blu-ray? Oh yeah, I think so. I don't think I own that one on Blu-ray. I think I just own Evil Dead Two on Blu-ray. So mm. I'll be curious to see if they uh, work um, the remake in as canon now. Um, I haven't seen that. It's. Uh, I mean, I, it's okay. I'm not sure I want to see it. Yeah. I kind of like where Evil Dead is in my brain. There's no humor in it, really. There's no camp. It's really just sort of just like a straight up, yeah, violent see, that's horror. That's not what shit. I want from that franchise. Um, but I but the violent horror shit is all really good. I'm so. sure it's amazing, but I've never been into that. I mean, like one of the few movies that I've ever seen that genuinely frightened me was uh, a fucking Rob Zombie movie. What's it called? Oh, House of a Thousand yes, Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I saw it at the Dollar Theater Ooh, in the yeah. middle of the day. And scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and the reason why I scared the bejesus out of me is because violence and her, just like horrible things yeah. that are motivated and that I can understand, okay, when it's just just fucking senseless, yeah. that scares me because mm-hmm. I can't I can't understand that. Mm-hmm. And that scared the shit out of me. And I had it was like a, a beautiful summer day, and I came out and I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. But if it had been like nighttime, I think I would have had bad. Well, I think the remake was an attempt to go you know, sort of back to the roots of Evil Dead. Because the first Evil Dead movie is just a straight-up horror movie. Right. It's done, you know, very much on the cheap, and uh, but it's but it's it's great, though. Yeah. Uh, there's one last story I want to talk about, and that's um, – this broke just yesterday. Uh, 
So we've talked a bunch about Universal rebooting all of their monster, classic monster oh, movies, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As, into a shared universe, you know. And we said, okay, yeah, they're following the Marvel blueprint. They want to do this whole shared universe thing. Now it seems that they're really following the Marvel blueprint because uh, one of the studio heads came out yesterday and said um, that these are basically they're not going to be horror movies. Um, that these are basically going to be action adventure movies, and that they're going to be modern day. Uh, action adventure movies okay van helsing yeah exactly i mean this is like what this is van helsing this is uh uh okay i frankenstein so like somebody called jeremy renner yeah and get get the uh, what's her name with him hansel and gretel is yes. that what you're going for yes yeah thank you i uh, love diabetic hansel diabetic hansel's kind of the best um no i i mean it just i it just seems like a fundamental misunderstanding of Everything, these characters right? and why these characters are interesting um i don't i don't want to watch a movie in which the wolfman like solves a murder solves crimes <laughs> CSI with the wolf yeah man. i don't want to watch the wolfman <laughs> solve crimes you know like is he, is he gonna like stare over his shoulder at me <laughs> i don't want to watch is the he, invisible man is he gonna like, be in jade sneak into a warehouse like, be cool and kind of a dick wolfman yeah <laughs> David Caruso. <laughs> he could Jade. take off his glasses slowly and then howl. Like, uh, I don't, I don't want to see any of that. So, um, what's wrong with people? I don't, don't want to live on this planet anymore. I'm curious about if they're all going to be set modern day. You know, it's like, what do they do with the mythology of these characters at that point? Like, can we just go watch American Werewolf in, in London again? Well, uh, that okay. was that it's was great, great, right? And that's like, if I want to see a werewolf in, in you know. Modern-ish modern day. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I would like, is this going to be a world in which, like, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein, like, no one's ever heard of Frankenstein? Is this, or is this, are, are, are these characters going to exist as a mythology within this world? That's what I'm curious about. Can, can he still fight Godzilla? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I would like to see it I again. mean, I, look, I, I, find this, I find this all very suspect, so. Um, yeah, you, no, you it's really that, disappointing. You, you know that's how the Godzilla con king kong movie came to be right with dracula no it was meant to be it was meant to be frankenstein the frankenstein monster oh really which is why king kong is like activated by lightning and shit. <laughs> i did not know that yeah. that is that is fascinating yeah um well let's uh let's get into our let's get into our features here okay uh the lady the ladies have been quiet for a been, while yeah. <laughs> thank you for humoring us yes Let's talk Rosewater for a few minutes. Uh, we went to uh, a little advanced screening of Rosewater the other day, which was nice because they had a Q&A afterwards with uh, Stuart and, and Colbert did the q and I thought they were, I thought that was actually pretty well and... well done. Oh, Maziar Bahari was there also, oh, of course. Oh, and him. <laughs> I admit, you know, between the two. Um, so uh, what, did, what, did you, what did you guys think of the movie? La ladies, what did you think of Rosewater? I thought it was really good. I liked the way they incorporated the, the interview with Jason Jones. I mean, the thing that really sticks out for me is what Daly and I were talking about on the car ride home, which is I thought the most interesting thing for me actually came in the Q&A, which was when Colbert was asking Stewart if he felt any responsibility for Bahari's imprisonment. Yeah. Um, given that the interview he did with The Daily Show was used against him as evidence of his being a spy. And Colbert, uh, and like Stewart would not even like entertain the question and yeah. i thought that was really interesting because not that he should feel guilty and not that he should feel responsible because that feels very much like victim blaming to me you know it's like they 
they had no way of knowing. They do this all the time. Like, right. how were they supposed to know that this one guy was going to get imprisoned? But he, like, didn't even want to acknowledge the possibility that he should feel guilty. And I admire the fact that Colbert tried really hard not to let him go and not to let him, like, run off, but to, like, really answer the question. But Stewart just, like, was not having it. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I've never seen him that way before. I've never seen him, like refuse to even acknowledge the possibility that he might be wrong about this you know like he just was not having it like nope nope we're not responsible nope and it was just like re- like wouldn't even really answer the question i thought that was kind of interesting because i don't know how you like don't feel at least a little bit guilty like well, i feel like you have to so i don't know if it's like a wall he put up just to like protect him from having to feel that way i mean he eventually answered it he said you know i don't think that any of form these forms of entertainment you know a comic strip, uh, a TV show, a movie, a song. Like, I don't think, you know, any of these things should ever be held responsible for the actions of, you know, other people, um, basically. Um, which I think is a fair assessment. You know, I mean, it kind of, in a way, kind of uh, reminds me of, you know, people trying to blame school shootings on violent video right. games. You know, it's like, you can't blame this thing because, you know, 10 million other people like played this video game and then did not try to blow up their high school, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the interpretation by, you know, people will find motivation in whatever they want, you know, like if they are predisposed to towards a course of action, um, they'll find a reason to justify that action in anything that is convenient to them. I also would have been interested to find out exactly like what was the sequence of events in terms of John Stewart and the staff of the Daily Show finding out like a that he had been arrested. Like when did they find out? Like how much distance between when he was arrested? And like yeah. did they find out on the wires or did they find out some other way, like a more personal kind of way or and then like to what it, like how long was it before they found out that their particular interview was being used against him? Yeah. Um I would have been interested in finding out more of the, like, concrete details about how that happened. Sure. Um, And I was also interested in finding out why he named it Rosewater. Like, why name it after, we talked about this a little bit, like, why name it after the interrogator? Yeah. And not, you know, not name it after Bahari or not name it after something else, you know? Like, usually, if you're going to name, if the title is a character that character is the protagonist or that character is the focal point you know like you don't usually have the villain be the title of the movie sure you know so i kind of wondered i really had hoped that someone would ask him that in the q a right they did i think um give that particular villain a lot of backstory yeah for mm-hmm. being a, a villainous character and in listening to both stewart and bahari talk about what their hopes for the movie were there was this element of if one person who subscribes to this doctrine, who takes part in this, these actions, will change or think about differently their behavior. Mm-hmm. And so there you know, there could be something to be said, and I don't think necessarily that Rosewater was the focal character of right. the movie, but there's something to be said for them really harping on the fear that these guards have. Yeah. And the... The fear that the entire construct of that government is built on. Yeah. Um, and what it is to, like, expose that and to humanize that in a way that could be taken down. Sure. Well, I mean, and, and Stuart talked about it also in terms of, you know, the idea of um, you know, the importance of bearing witness to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I think that, you know, he sort of went with the title Rosewater, um, which is that, you know, you like you can think of it as, um, you know, this whole thing sort of 
sort of remove yourself from the story a little bit. This whole thing is Bahari, you know, bearing witness and, and telling us the story, like, after the fact of, this is what I saw, this is what I encountered. And for him, like, his point of contact, his focal point within that story is Rosewater. So even though Bahari is the is the protagonist, he's the main character, he's the guy we sympathize with, he's the guy we want to sort of, you know, come out on top, you know, for Bahari, inside the story, like he his you know window into this world is through rosewater mm-hmm. um which is why i think yeah you're right like they gave him they really fleshed his character out a lot um you know we see him like talking on the phone having these like banal domesticated conversations with his wife like, oh i'm working late and uh, you know i gotta come home they're giving but me these hard cases give a, a significant amount of intent to his character yeah you know i actually like stepped back a little bit when stewart described those conversations as banal because to me that says no, it's just this one last case. Yeah. Like, you talk about raising the stakes for this character. It's just this one last person. And he, and then he's not going to give me thugs anymore. Right. And then I'm going to be a respectable part right. of this administration. Well, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. It, in a way, it feels like, oh, yeah, no, it's just like any other job. You know, like, this is the – if I do good on this case, then mm-hmm. I get to promote it and I get to go do better stuff and I can spend more time with my wife. Like, so it's – and, and I think that's sort of the important thing because um, it's sort of shedding light on that idea that, yeah, this guy, like, from his perspective, like, okay, he's doing these things that are awful. He's beating these people up and he's trying to you know, basically torturing them for information. But he sees it as just like, no, this is just the job and this is just what I have to do. And he believes in the cause of the government and he really thinks these, you know, this guy has important information that he needs to get out of him. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's also like any other office job to a certain degree. So like, that's an e- like it's a, it's an easy way if you are someone like Rosewater in that position to sort of rationalize it in your head. It's just sort of like, oh, this is just how this job is. Um, and to treat it like any other job. And so to sort of put yourself in Bahari's shoes and sort of show this and say like, no, look, even these people, you know, yeah, like you said, if, if someone like Rosewater or someone in a similar position were to see this movie and see, they could see themselves in that character and say, oh, yeah, no, that's me. I have had a conversation with my wife about not being home for dinner and then had to go beat a guy up, you know, and like push his head into the wall, you know, like that. It's I think that's the sort of reaction that they're they're trying to provoke that it's these guys aren't necessarily cartoon villains who are taking you know glee and beating people up but to them it's it's a job it's like it's just what they think they have to do and saying no you don't have to do this you know i thought it had some rhythm issues at the beginning yeah before he got before he was incarcerated it it, i don't want to say it it was bad because it certainly wasn't but i i it felt like a first it, it felt first like a, film yeah, yeah i mean it felt like a directorial debut yeah which is exactly what it was um and you know it just it, it didn't pace quite right some of the music cues were very obvious mm. and it i i feel like he has a lot of room to grow but that the potential is there well i don't know if we're gonna how much we're gonna see him grow like that's what i'm curious mm-hmm. to sort of see how this thing does because i mean jamie and i have talked about this a little bit that like probably doesn't have that many years of the daily show left in him um i i feel like he's been doing this for like 15 years now i feel like he probably God, has it been that long yeah it really has um i i, I don't think he's he's gonna keep doing this thing forever um so it's like what's he gonna do 
after the Daily Show. Like, he certainly has no desire to act. He hasn't really acted in a movie in a long time. Um, so I'll be curious to see, like, well, if he, said, he continues his journey as a director. Well, you know? I mean, one of the things that he said during the Q&A afterwards was that, you know, he said that he didn't feel like he had the literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, or the... Uh, vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, vocabulary. He wasn't, you know, conversant with... Yeah, he's used to doing a half-hour show right. every day, and and, every five days of the week. Yeah, but I mean, every time you do something, you learn exactly. And you know, like I said, if if he were to keep doing it, and it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if he makes yeah. another something. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. I mean, certainly this is a difficult shoot. I mean, they were in the summer shooting in prisons in Jordan for like three months in the summer. Like that's, I mean, that's not a pleasant environment to shoot a movie in. Um, but I also feel like you know. He sort of has, and I, I feel like this movie's going to kind of, could set the tone for where he goes from this point on. Like, I don't, yeah, he's a comedy guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him not really make a lot of comedies, you know? I mean, that's the I thing. Mean, is he going to go and become Ron Howard? Well, no, I mean, I think he's going to be make movies that sort of champion causes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to think about what he's chosen to be comedic about his yeah, entire career. Is exactly. That he's someone who has chosen to take serious stories and serious news and process them in a way that makes them accessible and engaging and that gives people something to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he's found himself that rare comedy niche of, you know, poking fun at, asking questions about, but also having a great deal of honesty underneath everything that he says. And I think the, uh, one of the really telling things is when you look at like the daily show, especially sort of post Bush where it wasn't about like making fun of our dumb president every other day, but like, you know, he really, like he, there are a handful of, of particular stories and topics and issues that you can tell, like when he does them, you can tell like the, these things actually resonate with him and not like a, you know, day news of the day kind of thing, but stuff like, uh, like all of the VA red tape delays, like stories that he goes back to like frequently um, where you could tell like these, these things have value to him and he wants to talk about these and he wants these to be part of like the conversation and they aren't being talked about. And like he, he feels, you could tell he feels like a duty that he wants to put these things out there. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that would have tremendous value uh, as a filmmaker. Like I would love to see him making movies about these kinds of issues that don't get enough attention. Um, whether they, I mean, and like Rosewater, not a comedy, but there's certainly plenty of humor in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, the, I really, I really love the Jersey stuff. Yeah. The Jersey stuff is, I mean, if you know, John Stewart, that's a great little bit. Uh, all of the obsession with like when he's going through all of his stuff at the beginning, porno, porno, is this porno? This is porno, right? You know, eh, that might be porno. That was very, really well played because it came up later. Yeah. As a, you know, as an important plot device. Well, yeah, I was going to say, device, and then but... the, the massage bit later, which is yeah. like, it's so fun. Like it's such a weird bit, but it's so funny. Like when you, when you kind of get to the end of the road there, it's so like his weird little smirk with the blindfold on is so funny. Yeah. Um, Everybody knows what happens in Jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? People are dying from pleasure. Um, uh, but I think there's some. I think there's some nice style uh, on, on display here. Like uh, the like bit with all the hashtags flying around the street is kind of is kind of fun. I actually didn't. I didn't oh, like that. I didn't like that. That was the hash thing to me. Yeah. I thought the best thing Stewart brought to this, like Colbert called it grace. Yeah. But like was his treatment of the story. Yeah. I thought his treatment of the story 
was really beautiful and really human. I thought a lot of the things that got like added on to oh this is film and I must be yeah. style now. Yeah. Oh, like, really? like, so hashtags are floating and like, I, Tehran is lighting what, up. I yeah. Say, I thought a lot of like, I really? thought a lot of his stylistic choices and his his you know obviously this is a film choices actually worked really well. Yeah. Like I liked a lot of you know his cuts back and forth. I liked his cuts in time. I liked a lot of the way he dealt with a lot of the prison scenes where he's cutting quickly between back and forth between future and past and yeah, present yeah. and everything. Uh-huh. Um, I loved all of that. I hated the hashtag. The hashtag yeah. thing, it's like... That felt like it belonged in a totally different Right, movie. and that's what like I was a, trying Like to an at. ABC family rom-com-y well, type thing. that and like, so when they had the hashtags flying around and it was, like you said, it was Tehran rising and they had like like stock uplifting music. Like, yeah. Eh. Well, it felt like the way that they, so they had those like lovely washes of memory as he was like walking down the street. Yeah, like, I really like the those. dad and the sister, and then yeah. the dad and the sister came back in the cell, which worked. And I think they really wanted to establish him as someone who saw these visions of things. And so when they came in and they were like, Mr. Hillary Clinton, they wanted to be able to justify all of the news clips. In his eyes, right? With Rachel Maddow and and all of the Daily Show and everything. And that would have been the far side and the most unbelievable. But at least they had the hashtags. (laughs) To me, the hashtags were the far spectrum of, like, this is too much. But at least now I'm not going to pick on the news cut. See, I I actually, I really liked the flashback stuff uh, at the very beginning when he's talking about his family history. And you see it, like, painted on the walls. um, Because for me, it felt like, you know, know, he grew up there, but he has lived in London. So he's coming home. So it's like that idea of, you know, you come home for the first time in a while. And it's like, yeah, you walk every street corner, like, has a memory. And you walk by this wall. And you remember walking by that wall with your dad or this, you know, walk yeah, by the yeah. shop that you used to go to with your sister. So it feels like, oh, memory and the environment kind of mixing, Those you know? Yeah, that works. Yeah. The other stuff were, like, of the world that he was kind yeah. of pushed into. Do you, do you remember those, those posters where you'd put in, I don't know, it would, like, search through... So you have, like, a location, like, you're from Boston, okay? And you type in Boston or something, or it would, like, search your emails or something. It would come up with, like, a weird, not a mosaic, but, like, all the words in different directions. like a word cloud. Yeah, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And they they did that during the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is this shit? Yeah, there was literally a a Ron Word cloud in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, in the shape of the country, yeah. That's the thing, like, that pulled me right out, and that made me feel, honestly, that felt a little bit... High school. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough because you've got this this great, like, simple one guy sort of human story. Yeah. But you know, you've got a. I I think there is a need to sort of have it be able to see it within the context of everything else that's going on, like this sort of green revolution in Iran, and you know, all the, the all these news outlets, like his story, sort of grabbing hold and grabbing attention outside of this cell. Um, I think I think you need to see that stuff. I I mean I think you know you might be right. I mean I think the how you handle it is is tricky. That's certainly like the trickiest part to pull. You get so immersed in Bahari's story that then when you pull out, it's it it feels really jarring. I think, but I I, was, I think you need to have it there in some form though. Yeah, I don't know. It it seemed to me that it lacked a certain subtlety that I think you can only gain as a director with experience. Sure. And that he doesn't have because he's never done it before. And, yeah. You know I can't hold it against him. 
but at the same time, it didn't quite work with the rest of the movie. Sure. Um, I uh, I really I think Gael Garcia Bernal is fabulous. In it, oh, you know? he'd be Definitely. great. Um, I really like the scenes with him and his father and him and his sister in the prison cell, um, and I think they say a lot about. They, I think it's like it's a really great choice because they say a lot of a sort of where he is, where the like what kind of mind state the character's in. Because you think about like both his father and his sister were imprisoned before, um, and his father had this very like I never told them anything, I never broke. So when he first gets arrested, it's like he sees his father, and he spends all this time with his father because he needs he's trying to be tough, you know, he's trying to outlast them, and so like that's who he envisions himself talking to. Um, and then it's only later um, that his sister shows up yeah. um, when he's kind of, you know, a little more broken, I guess. Yeah, I also liked how that uh, at certain points you would actually see his father or his sister. And I was just hear the voice. Yeah. I thought that worked. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like having them in the cell with him. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, it's hard. How do you make a movie about a guy who's in a solitary, who's in solitary confinement for 118 days? Well, yeah. you put other characters <laughs> in the cell with him, right? Yeah. Um, but I also, I mean, I also really liked uh, Rosewater, the, the the torturer. I think he's, I think he's great. Um, and I, th- I think the like the key insight for him is that line that Bahari says in voiceover at the end uh, about that uh, he wasn't the loneliest person there, even though he was in solitary. He wasn't the loneliest person there, and there are other people who are even more trapped than he was, and in even worse circumstances. Um, because that's, I mean, that's who that, I mean, that's sort of what makes that character really interesting, that character of Rosewater, like we were, like we were saying before. I mean, it's, he, he, he's just a guy. He's not like some evil asshole who you, like, want to see, like, fall off a cliff. He's, he's just a guy who's doing what he thinks he has to do. Um, and, yeah, he gets in trouble with his boss. And it's, it, it's, it's really, it brings a lot of depth to that character that I think a lot of, other film you know other filmmakers maybe wouldn't have been able to identify with so much so um, i feel like there's another version of this movie where he's just like a mustache twirling jerk you know yeah and i i like seeing him as a as a real like fully dimensionalized person so mm-hmm. uh w- any anything else before we move on to the the big hero six well do we do we part of the ghostbusters i, I mean we got you know very few options here. I, mean, um, I know exactly who mine is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess I do too. Uh, Ladies, heart, heart of the Ghostbusters. You just started by saying yeah. you know exactly it's, who mine is. I mean, it's really the motorcycle be. driver, right? No. Oh, really? That's no. what I thought you were gonna say no, too. No, no. Oh, who are you going? I gotta go with the motorcycle driver. No, I think he's mom. Absolutely, it's sure. Agadas is fabulous. She's awesome. She is wonderful in this movie. I wish she had just a little bit more to do. Um, I wanted no, to see just perfect. a little bit more. She was perfect just the way she was. Yeah. Nah, nah, she was perfect. You're wrong. <laughs> she was. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, she's, look, she's, she's, she's fabulous. I thought she was wonderful. So, John, I take it you agree. Yeah. Jamie? Kind of think of the motorcycle driver. Myself. Right? Yeah. All right, All right. we've gone, we've, we have we've, a couple's divide. We've got here. a couple's divide down the line. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. Both good choices. Both, both fine choices. Can't argue. So. Um, all right, Big Big Hero 6. I really liked this. I thought it was really fun. It's Jenna's got a smile on her face like a mile wide. Uh, well, I, you know what? Maybe we should pause for a moment to talk about Feast. 
Yeah, I was just about to say it also was all worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That short animation was... The little puppy has everything I love in the world. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Not even kidding. Dogs, men with beards, food, (laughs) tiny humans. Like... And no one's talking. Yeah, I was like the five most important things. I'm always a big fan of animated shorts that are dialogue free, that tell a story with no dialogue. Um, I like those are those are my favorite because the economy of storytelling. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing there that doesn't have to be there. Um, It's it's and it's all in the small things, and especially in movie in uh, in a story like that where the main character is a dog, and so. Um, what's going on with the humans is sort of, it's all happening in the background, but it's important stuff. So you do have to pay attention to them to like pick up what's going on. Like, you know, at first when the girlfriend walks out, um, you know, if you're not really paying very close attention, you might not notice that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's like, it's, it's great though. It's, uh, that, and that dog's adorable. I actually didn't until I, I <laughs> until I saw and depression. It's <laughs> 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 just like, like oh wait a minute he's eating me plops the ice cream onto the table i was like he's getting fat he's (laughs) eating meat again he like i was like oh yep i i see what happened (laughs) um no no as soon as as soon as the woman left and he just like heaves himself on the counter and like that empty side yeah like you knew they had just broken up and he's you know he's he's in the shower sitting in the shower on the side of mac and cheese yeah the mac and cheese in a box Oh, so gross, but so good. I would do that. I would eat mac and cheese out of a box in the shower. I would. I would. That seems Not believable if you were to me. Depressed, but just for like just Tuesday. Tuesday. It's yeah. Tuesday. No, you do it because you're happy. Yeah, I know. That's true. That's how I celebrate. Actually, um, just got home from the gym. Great workout. All right, all right. Let's hit that mac and cheese in the shower, man. Shower cheese. It's good. That's the best kind. Um, no, I lo- yeah, it's a it's a great little short. I I actually really love. I was thinking about it in the theater. I love the idea of. Um, you know, bring, bringing back like the short. I love that this is a thing that they now do in front of every Pixar movie and every Disney movie, and even uh, most animated movies. I feel like at this point, I kind of wish they would do it in front of other movies too. Like, I would love to the live action short. Well, um, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe not like an Interstellar where it's three hours long, but like do some live action shorts in front of you know regular old features. Uh, you know, something that you can't see on YouTube that you have to go to the theater to see um, I, whether it's, you know, young new talent or whether it's, you know, get a Scorsese to do a short or Spielberg to do a short in front of somebody else's movie. Um, but I, I feel like Marvel is actually sort of the ones that are probably best suited for this. They do these shorts that they put on the Blu-rays um, and they're most of the first couple are a little dicey, but they got really, really good eventually. I wish they would put those in front of the movie. I wish they would play those in front of the movie at the theater. I'm gonna pause this for a moment. You haven't I've seen any of the shorts yet. Shorts in I the seen, Marvel. I universe? haven't seen them either. Okay. So oh, yes. I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't something that, like, as we cut them in half, that has been. No, they're they they just put them out on the blue. They call them Marvel one shots, um, okay. and they just put them on like the Blu-rays and the DVDs, and. Like, the first couple are all just about Agent Coulson. It's just, like, Coulson on his way to somewhere or Coulson doing a thing or whatever. Um, But eventually they get pretty good. Um, The only Marvel short I haven't seen yet is on the Thor Dark World uh, Blu-ray, and it's a guy... I've seen parts of it because it's online now. Yeah, I saw a clip It's a guy interviewing the Mandarin in prison. The guy interviewing Ben Kingsley Mm. in prison. Uh, It's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be really fun. I saw a clip of it because it opens up a whole new possibility about the Mandarin. Yeah. I saw part of it. I've seen the opening of it because they put that part online. Thor Dark 2 exists on the 
Yeah, that's your next Thor one up. Thor next on the yeah. docket. Yeah. yeah, correct. Um, the the Avengers one is pretty fun. I too, can say right, you know everything about the Mandarin than I do right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's fine. I mean, it's not related to Thor. Like it doesn't right. give anything. Yeah. Yeah. None of this stuff is like yeah, they, which is what I like about them. They're not like essential viewing. You don't need to know this stuff to watch the other movies. It's just sort of like they're like fun Easter eggs. So like mm-hmm. the one that came out on uh, I think the Avengers Blu-ray. Uh, or maybe it might have been the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, one or the other, um, is about, like, two, like, a couple, uh, like, a kind of a young Bonnie and Clyde-type couple who stumble upon oh. a Chitauri, like, shotgun weapon after the invasion of New York, yeah. and they, like, use it to rob some banks and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, okay, and then some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents catch them, and it's like, yeah, it's just, like, a little fun little story. Like, I want, they should be putting those things in front of the movies, I feel like. I, I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity, so... Um, um, can I just point out, though, that this would be a good time to point out that we saw this movie with lots of little children. Yeah. Not only that there were lots of little children in the theater, but there were three little children in our party. Yeah. Um, and one of them said... And, well, right when the short ended, the kids all turned to one of the adults and was like, so was that the movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just, like, didn't quite get yeah. that. Like, which I thought was funny, considering it's like, they've seen the commercials, they know what Big Hero 6 is, they know that that was not Big Hero 6, right. and yet still, they were like, so that was the movie? We're yeah. done? We can go home? Well, and I have say, I haven't been, we went to like a 3.15 Saturday afternoon show, which I haven't been to see like a kid's movie that in like the, prime kid time. That is the right time to see a kid's movie. I mean, yeah, the movie was, the theater was packed full of kids, but it was also like, you know, they used to have these... They'd call them, like, Mommy and Me screenings. Where they it was like, still do. Oh, no, no, just, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like, they're at 10 a.m. Yeah, on the weekday. Yeah, exactly. In the, early in the morning when nobody they else is at the theater. They should not be called Mommy and Me, Well, that's fine. They should be called, like, Parent and Me. That's, Adult and Me. That's fine. They're families, going for the alliteration. Yeah, family yeah. screenings. That's fine. Exactly. My point is, apparently, any matinee on a Saturday is also the same thing. Because, like, the theater is so full of kids. Like, some of them are crying and some of them are talking. And it's like, but there's so many kids and parents there. They're like, basically the only ones there. Yeah, yeah, no one's just like, like, oh, your kid's talking. They outnumber you. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, your kid's talking? Great. That means you're not going to be upset when my kid talks in 20 minutes. You know, yeah. like, it, it apparently that's just the, that's just fine now. And I'm actually okay with that because I feel I like. that's the right way to see yeah, that movie. If you yeah. go see a Disney cartoon at 3 in the afternoon on a Saturday, like, you should probably know that's what you're in for, you and know? Because certain jokes, like, I mean, certain jokes are, they reach everyone. Like, yeah. when Baymax is deflating and it sounds like farting and even one of the little kids is like, is he farting? <laughs> like, everyone's laughing at that. Like, yeah. adults, children, everyone. But then there are certain jokes that only hit the adults. And so, like, all the adults, whether you're, like, us and you're not really, like, you don't have your own children with you, or adults who have brought children, like, every, all the adults are laughing oh, at that. Sure. So, like, it's a nice, like, unifying kind of thing. But then there are the jokes that hit both parties for very different reasons. Like, yes. when Baymax is low battery. Yes. yes. And he's, like, drunk. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you escape yeah. complete? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like staring really hard at the stairs like all right if i and concentrate really hard i can get my foot on yeah i could get my foot on this stair if i just yeah. stare at it no, really hard. i actually love those bits because it's like all these kids go see that movie go see it and they see like oh that robot He's being so funny. silly and yeah. whatever right. and then they're gonna come back and watch again when they're 19 years. and then they're like fuck that, that robot was drunk, drunk all the time <laughs> how do how is that okay 
So I love when that shit happens. Oh, yeah. Um, um, one of the little children in our party, I would also like to point out, it was her first movie in theaters ever. Yes, oh, that's yes. true. Little Taryn, that was her first movie in theaters ever. I thought she did pretty well for the most She did really well. For like two-thirds of the movie, she just sat there staring at the movie, like would not take her eyes off the screen. On certain music cues, she was like waving her hands around, like in beat with the movie, with the music and everything. And for the last third, I would say she was fidgety, but yeah. she wasn't like, like I've seen her other times where she just has no focus and is just like, nope, we're going to go do this now. And she was not like that at all. Like she was a little like hungry yeah. and a little like she wanted juice and stuff like that, but she wasn't like, it was very focused. She was like in it. She was into that movie. And when it was all over, she said it was yeah, better yeah. than Frozen. Yes, I leaned over to Frozen. You have <laughs> like, to know, you have to know that Frozen with. is her favorite movie, and she owns 8 million Frozen things, including many, many Frozen like outfits and stuff like that. And so as soon as the movie ended, I said, Taryn, what do you like better, Frozen or Big Hero 6? And she said, Big Hero 6. So, I mean, that that is, no higher compliment yeah. from a small child. You get girls in science and math. Yeah, right? that's what yeah. I was about to say. I was like, I was like, this is the tagline, like Big Hero Six, where everyone's superpower is science. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I really like about this movie is that it really, it's a you know, champions the intellect. It champions the human intellect, which yeah. I, you know, which is so a great it's the thing anti-incredibles. to see. Anti-Incredibles. Yeah, I guess. Sure, sure. I okay. have very strong feelings about the Incredibles. Yeah, you and I differ. Not all it's positive. Good you and I differ oh, no. about the Incredibles. The Incredibles is a great movie. It's a well-crafted movie. Yes. But the thing that bothers me about the Incredibles is the, not even underlying, the like basically overt message is like you are either born special or you aren't, and oh. if you aren't. There is yeah. nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah, the ascription like, versus achievement. Yes, like yeah. and the whole thing about like, well, if everyone's special, nobody is. You know, it's like the syndrome so wanted to be a hero, and they locked him out because they were like, no, you're not actually a hero. You yeah. were not born with any powers. Right. So he spends all this money and all this, you know, intellectual ingenuity trying to create powers basically like to which create he does. yes which he does to create machines and to create suits and to create planes and stuff that'll work for him and they all fail and it's basically like you're either born special or you're not and if you're not there's nothing you can do about it you cannot you know ascend Achieve the it. ranks yeah. of the special mm -hmm. if you weren't just born with it and so i mean while you could make the argument like not everyone is born with the brains of the people in these movies mm -hmm. you know like not everyone was born to be a science prodigy i just like the idea that like your ingenuity is what is special about you and like what you can create and build explicit moment of the of hero saying i don't want to go to your nerd school so that i can just hear things i already know yeah, yeah. exactly and he comes in and is floored yeah and it's like, oh wait, I can still learn well, a lot. There is a lot to offer me. And here. that's one of the things. That, the other things that's really great about it is, um, you know, it's 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 that journey where he starts as just this super smart kid who wants to use his his intellect. He wants to use his intelligence and his ingenuity for robot fighting. Yeah, right. So he can lots of money. So he can make a lot of money. Like he's he's literally hustling people in a like underground robot fighting ring. Um, and no, it's turning that around saying, no, 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 there are, you know, you can use this stuff, uh, for good to help people, to better people. And that's, and it's that same kind of journey, um, you know, which is interesting for, for Baymax, um, where they, where they kind of, they're kind of inversed and then they intersect and come back together. So, you know, at first, you know, Baymax is built to be a robot that helps people. 
he's a he's a robot nurse basically so it's this kid who you know wants to use robots for like a cheap way of getting money and getting ahead and learning like no robots can be uh, you know, these robots can be a way to, or, in, or inventions can be magnanimous. They can be something that, that, that helps the world, that makes the world a better place. Um, and at one point, you know, he goes and starts messing around with Baymax's programming. And Baymax sort of goes into warrior mode, uh, which is... Iron Giant? Yeah, very. it's very <laughs> Iron Giant. I am not a gun. Right. Um, you haven't seen that movie so oh, good. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I own it. You one, can borrow it. I have it's it, fabulous. too. It's just a wonderful movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's interesting to see sort of Baymax start as this, like, oh, he's you know, very idealist, very idealistic health care robot, essentially, who learns to do all these other things to try and make Hero feel better and make him feel happy um and then eventually sort of goes super dark and then has to make the stand and say no this is not what i'm built for this is not why i'm here you know um it's i think there's something really lovely about that um because most kids go oh he's a robot and he gives an armor he flies and he punches people and stuff and like yeah it's fun and it's cool but it's nice to have an underlying message beneath that like yeah you can you know you can be cool and kick ass and have jet boots but also you know hurting people is not okay basically um and i think that's a that's a really great sequence when they're on the island and he rips the programming card out and 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 everybody instantly tries to hold baymax back and tries to like diffuse the situation because they're all a little older and they know sort of what the score is so um i really like all those supporting characters by the way i did not put that together that it was fucking wash yeah Oh, yeah, no, I figured it out about halfway through the movie, and then I was not at all surprised because I feel like he pops up in, like, every animated movie yeah. now. Yeah, And he really, he really, like, he's got a million crazy voices, but he really yeah. blends. Like, you, I, yeah. that happens a lot where I don't realize it's him until the movie's over. Yeah. All Same thing po- with James Cromwell, by the way. I did not get that. Oh, yeah? I mean, I feel like... Oh, I, I knew, I, I recognized Cromwell, like, immediately. No, I recognized his voice, but yeah. I couldn't I really quite mean. place it. Oh, really? Which means that he did a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because... James Cromwell. Yeah, no, I love... I mean, and that's the other thing, like... And this guy, too. Uh, oh, Scott Adsit? Yeah. Yeah. There's a thing about these kinds of movies where there are movies made for children, and while you're right, like, there's, you know, humor in there for the grown-ups, and there's stuff that sort of appeal to everybody in the room, um, I sometimes have trouble with these movies in that, and I think there are a couple instances of it here, where it's like, oh, you know, it's a movie for children, so they've got to really spell a lot of stuff out. And just say things really awkwardly and explicitly so that the five-year-old understands what's happening, basically. Um, uh, and they do that, I think, at the beginning. It's a little rough. Like, our parents died three years ago. Or don't you remember? Like, Yeah. Uh, or it's not even that, because he's not even being bratty about it. He's like, hey, remember when our parents died? You're like, yeah, of course he remembers when your parents died. Like, <laughs> He's an adult. Come on, man. <laughs> The Callahan like reversal is sort of like yeah you've seen movies. Like, I'm not gonna lie. You see that I coming was, from a mile away. No, but see, I was actually really afraid they were gonna like twist it and make it the brother. I was afraid they were. Oh, I was gonna say something like Jen said. You can say it. No, Jenna hasn't seen things. Oh, Marvel thought, things. Yes, I thought they were gonna oh, go. Yeah, oh yeah, I know oh, you're. Yes. I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they were gonna go like oh the brother has become the villain kind yeah. of way, and so. There was a moment where he what pulls the mask off. To Thor? And he, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when he turns, I'm so scared. No, it's like you know 
oh, this is gonna be the reveal. I got really tense all of a sudden. I was I like, mean, oh god, please don't be the brother. Please don't be the I brother. I knew it was gonna be the other guy the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it was, oh, that I was a classic knew, movie. I knew it wasn't, right. I knew it right wasn't gonna be Cray. I, I had a feeling it wasn't gonna be Cray. It's too obvious. I was like, they're not gonna be that. Uh, they've been assuming it's Cray this whole time, so that means it's probably not gonna be Cray. Which means it had to be um, one of the other two people. Is that the brother? But or so the... I thought it I thought it was gonna be the brother, or who else did I think they might have gone with? I can't remember now. Like, there there girl. Oh, I thought maybe the girl. Before. I thought maybe there would be the, the girl who turned out to be in hypersleep. Oh, I yeah. thought maybe there was going to be a way where like she had come Time back and was like oh, had yeah. been you mean, had uh, been like sky high? had yeah. been like horribly <laughs> altered in some way because of her experiences and was now trying to exact revenge on people. Yeah, that scene when he first goes to school and you sort of get those little great introductions to each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really I think each of them are really fun uh, and I like each of their sort of uh, focuses. All their the things that they're inventing are all really cool. Um, I wish some of that stuff paid off a little more like i think they're kind of a little broad and i wish they kind of got their own moments to shine a little bit more like i think damon wayans character wasabi is like he has cool laser arms and that's really it like they they set him up with this cool like oh he's really fastidious and all of his tools are in the right place and when they go to fight the guy he's like what's the plan no but this isn't working because we don't have a plan like i wanted that stuff to kind of pay off again but at the same time they did establish what their superpowers would be later yeah right no no no, exactly i mean i think that was as far as they went for the payoff but that's the thing i feel like that's kind of all we got it was like oh we see all the things that they're working on and then later we see how those things became part of their like super suits and then we saw them use those super suits, but I, I feel like we didn't get a lot of like depth or backstory to any of those characters, except for Fred, who's awesome. Like Fred, we get to see like his <laughs> whole family history, and he's got this giant fucking mansion, and his dad is Stan Lee, which is amazing. Um, and there's of course the great little post credit stinger, which just like ah. Uh, made my heart sing but i also like because i was thinking earlier how i said like you could make the argument that like not everyone was born with their brains but it's like he and then i realized immediately after after i said it that like he doesn't have their brains nope. you know like he's he, just enthusiastic he, yeah he's enthusiastic he wants to be a part of their world but he doesn't really like he's not a prodigy the way they are he doesn't go to yeah. you know their equivalent of mit but he's never made to feel like othered or separated or less than and even before and he gets they, this real moment of he shine, does. like what makes him excited? Yeah. Yes, and like he, even though he, you know, they don't even know he has money. Like obviously, and they didn't really explicitly say this, but like obviously, the money is a good thing because yeah. the money can back them, and the money can financially support all their crazy superhero schemes. Yeah, their inventions um, and stuff. Yeah. And they never and explicitly them when say they get that. Left on island. Yes, yeah. but like even when before they know he has all that money, like he's still completely included. Absolutely, like, they don't care he, he gives he everybody their nicknames. Everything. Yeah. He's the one who gives everyone their nicknames. So. Yeah, he just cheers everyone on. And yeah, that's important. And I like so. And we talked about this also earlier. Or we mentioned it earlier that uh, this is the first Disney animated movie that uh, where Disney is specifically. Uh, tackling a marvel property not marvel because marvel doesn't didn't really produce this movie disney produced this movie it just happens to be a marvel property but they really changed everything about this the only thing they really kept was the concept of a boy and his robot basically and some and the character names um but uh and then in the comic i i I meant to try and uh, look the comics up a little bit more because uh, it's a very obscure title. Like, this does not have its own built-in fan base, really. Um, but I do remember uh, looking this up a while back and seeing that in the comics, Fred is a 
Like, he actually has a superpower. He literally morphs into a fire-breathing dragon, which I think is really fun. And they make for, oh, I've been asking her to turn me into a fire-breathing dragon. And then that's, like, he gets a suit that does that, which is which is cool. I think, I mean, it's fine. I think it's fun. It's probably easier for kids. Yeah. Like, oh, no, they just, they, they build just this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So actually, uh, yeah. I think the score is really fantastic in this movie. Yep. Uh, Henry Jackman did the score. Another Marvel favorite. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I They've got kind of a theme song. It's not really a super recognizable, but like whenever they kind of you know jump into action and all of like the flying sequence and stuff. He did. I know he did first class, which yeah. is great. Uh, what else did he do? He did uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Did he do Guardians? He did Kick Ass Two. He did Captain Phillips. This is the end. He did Wreck It Ralph. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Woohoo! Favorite of Jamie's. Mm-hmm. Um, and first class. He did both the kick asses, actually. So mm. I think that's why his name stuck that's out to me. That's what I'm thinking. Because he did of. both of the yeah. kick asses. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he does, I think he does great work here. Um, uh, I was like, I was like bouncing along with the music the whole time, and even like you said, you know, little Taryn was like dancing, dancing to the music. She was like feeling credits, it. I mean, especially. you can't ask for much more than that. I mean, that's yeah. a great like you know uh, involuntary sort of emotional response there. That's that's perfect. So. There's also the weird, um, I mean, I know Jamie and I like immediately looked at each other in the middle of the theater when they find the, the portal place and the symbol the Stargate. is, yeah, they find the Stargate, but it's got the mocking chain oh, symbol. Even before yeah. then, when he first, when hero first breaks into yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Into the, the school yeah, yeah. yeah, and he sees it on the cork board, I was like, yeah. so Katniss was here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they're literally coming that. out weeks apart. So it's yeah. like, how, like. I feel but like, how did Disney not change that I was going to say, that symbol, like, the Hunger Games movies have been out for a while now, and the books have been out for a while, and yeah. that symbol is from the books, yeah. not even from the movies. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't, like, put more th- of an effort into separating those designs, yeah. because it looks like the same And design. it's such a throwaway thing. Like, it's just the name for that portal. Like, they could have literally changed that to, to any other else. thing, and yeah. it wouldn't have made a difference. So, like, I, had, I was it was a little that. hard. I was like, am weird. I hallucinating this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I kept expecting people to do the whistle at any point. Um, I really liked um, the uh, San Francisco, the yes. like the whole city. I loved the way they blended the two different styles. styles yeah, like of I, architecture. The great like the, one is the, the Golden, Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. yeah, that's got the like Asian like the arches, arches yeah. the whole yeah. way up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I love the way you still have because it felt like the Asian culture was way more dominant in yeah. terms of the design yeah. of the city. But then you've still got certain things like those crazy hills when they're yep. in the car chase, which is like very San Francisco. And then that, oh, I forget the name of it. The Transamerica Tower, the one that's like pointy. Oh, yeah, it's I don't like remember. It's like pyramid-shaped yeah. in San yeah. Francisco. Um, but, yeah, so there were all these like little things that screamed San Francisco throughout it. I thought that was really nice. And, again, kind of reminds me of Firefly. The, yeah. Like, yeah. Asian and Western oh, cultures sure. slamming together. And there's a cool – I remember I saw, like, a featurette of a while back, and they were saying that they literally – the the animators the programmers they literally create like built the entire city they mapped out the entire city of san francisco so that when they had like an action sequence or a chase scene or a thing it would make sense yeah and they literally because they, they basically used like uh like scans of the actual san francisco and then you know altered it and tweaked things whatever but then they could just like drop people in and just actually move them through the city basically which is super cool when you think mm-hmm. about it it's not just like oh random buildings background it's like no no if you live there 
the idea is if you're actually from San Francisco, like you could watch this movie and you could see them turn from one street onto another. And you're like, oh, I know those streets, and yeah, that's that intersection, and yeah, it looks different, but it's those are those are clearly identifiable as actual San Francisco geography and landmarks, um, which is fucking awesome. I love I love those little attention to mm-hmm. detail. Uh, the portal zone, I think, is really cool. That like yeah. nether space when they're in between the All that like iridescent. That was very Pacific Rim. Yeah, no, it, it is very Pacific Rim. I mean, it's very psychedelic. You know, it's like it's like they're inside of a tie dye t shirt. Yeah, um, it's a very emotional movie. Like I kind of yeah. knew that was gonna happen. Like yeah. I sort of knew early on that Baymax was probably gonna die. Um, but I also and especially once he volunteered, especially once he volunteered to go into the portal and everything, yeah. I was like, well, now he's totally gonna die. But that didn't stop it from being very emotional in my head. I was like, you're a super genius. Build another one. Well, I was gonna say, and that's the thing. Like at the again, one of those like, hey, we have to point up put these like obvious things for kids. But it's like at the very beginning when he when uh, the older brother first shows him the robot, he's like. And this chip is what makes Baymax Baymax. And it, like, pops yeah. out. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. that chip is, like, A, that chip is going to get removed and yeah. he's not going to be Baymax. That's and or B, like, he will, like, at some point that chip is going to go into another robot. Yeah. Like, And then both of those things happen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, that's, when you put that line of dialogue in the movie, that means that one of these things is going to happen yeah. later. So yep. um, that's okay. It was it's like, fine. That's his chakra. Yeah, it is. It's his katra, if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I think we have to talk about the fist bump, which is perhaps my favorite. That's how I'm going to fist bump everybody from now on. I'm going to fist bump everybody that way from now on. That's the only appropriate way. Because I was thinking about it, too, when he like first teaches it to him, and I was like, First of all, like, it gave me this sort of flashback to, like, Terminator 2, where it's like, John Connor teaching the Terminator how to be cool, and, yeah. like, lay off, fatso, or, like, whatever, like, teaching him slang Oscar and how to high five. Yeah, exactly. Baby. All that bullshit. When you really want to shine him on a little. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good lord. Um, so I was, like, I was kind of groaning in my head a little bit, but then he makes that ridiculous sound, and I was like, oh, okay, this is... This is fine now. Never yeah. stopped being funny. No oh no, how never. Many times they called it yeah. back in the movie. Funny every time. <laughs> but I was also because he does the like fist bump and explode, which yeah. is like a thing that we used to do, and then became like a joke about doing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that still like you a guys, thing now? You guys don't still do that. I mean, we do, but it's like kind of ironic <laughs> now. Like now I, I taught. I taught Jamesy that like two <laughs> weeks ago. No, now it's a thing you teach to kids because it's fun, but like. Now, it's like, if I do that with another grown-up, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess I did that. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Now you just gotta do it this way. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do from now on. Forever. That makes it way cooler. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Are we gonna uh, talk about Gogo at all? Because she's awesome. I Well, yeah. I was gonna leave that to you. I mean, I was gonna... I was kind of leaving that for Heart of the Ghostbusters, which... Uh, it's time. I mean, I guess it's. I guess it is time. I assumed that Gogo Tamago would be your heart of the Ghostbusters, if for no other reason than she Thank coined the phrase "woman, woman up. up." Yeah, I love it. Which I expect to hear out of your I mouth on a regular basis now. Because I hate all that stuff. I hate all that like man up, take it like a man, crying like a girl. It's so awful. So I loved when no one was doing what she wanted, and she was just like, "Ugh, woman up." 
love her. She's I also love a she badass. She took over the car chase. Yeah, I mean, she because was no one was driving the way she wanted, so she took over the car chase. No, she's, she's awesome. She's a total badass. But I will say, I love, I love the dichotomy between the two women, between Gogo and Honey Lemon. Yeah, because I love that Honey Lemon is, like, so girly, and she's got all of her, like, pink paint and all of her, like, purse and Yeah, she literally has a a weaponized Um, purse, yeah. To make sure, so Gogo is also my heart of the Gogo, but I I went on on, on IMDb to look up the people. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen what the- Honey Lemon looks like? In real life? Yeah. 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 Versus Jamie Chung? Yeah. Yeah. Genesis Rodriguez is ridiculous. She's insanely gorgeous. I'm sorry, her name is Genesis? Yeah, Genesis Rodriguez. She is- Look at those two people. She was built- She was constructed in a lab. She could kick your ass and also walk the runway. She's insanely gorgeous. I mean, But in real life, I would rather have a drink with Jamie Chung. See what I did? What's her name? Jamie Chung. Is it Jamie Chung? Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Jamie. Yeah, Jamie Chung's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just look at the But in her IMDb photo, Jamie Chung is like in a sweater and running shoes, you know, and Genesis Rodriguez looks like a badass supermodel. So. That's fair. um, No, but I like that because I like, I mean, it's the same way I like, you know, dressing up as Doctor Who but wearing a skirt. You know, like I like feminizing the masculine basically so i like the idea of this you know mit equivalent super scientist who's very girly with her crazy long hair and her purse and is like that in no way diminishes her intellect and that right. no way diminishes her abilities you know you never have that scene of her ever like shying away from things or being creeped out by something or, or being, being too afraid or yeah to get exactly rescued. exactly yeah. um so I like that you have them both, and then I like that you have Gogo in her like rip tights and leggings and her streaked hair and yeah, no, I mean annoyed by everybody. And, yeah, you know that's the person I want to meet. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean th- there are no weak female characters yeah. anywhere in this thing. Yeah, and I no, think it's great. that's about right. Just saying. So heart uh, of the Ghostbusters, Gogo Tomago for Jamie. Yes, I, and Bart. I mean I didn't say necessarily. I really can't decide if I if Gogo or Baymax. Like I kind of just want to hang out with Baymax until his battery runs down because that would be about how <laughs> no, but I was saying that'd That's be like about a... how long it'd take me to get crazy drunk and then his battery would run down and then we could be crazy drunk together. Yeah, but then you'd eventually awesome. have to carry him. No, you just need manage. You just fold him up. You just fold him up. No, but you need to get him in the thing before he can fold up. But no, he managed on his own. Hero didn't carry him. He kind of stumbled his way home. I think if you give him long enough, (laughs) his battery will actually be dead. It's true. And then you will have to Then you have to drag a giant inflatable suit back home. I can do that. And answer any questions that happen. (laughs) That's true. I'm an adult. No one's going to ask me questions. Yeah. It's not like Hero trying to sneak back in. I can do whatever I want. Be like, yes, I'm here with my inflatable robot friend. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Bart, you also go with Gogo Tamago? Yeah, she's just great. Well, she is is just great. She's great. Uh, Jenna? Okay, so when I watched this movie, I like fell in love with Fred and was like <laughs> okay but he's the obvious heart of the Ghostbusters so I gotta go with Gogo because she's really awesome and I feel like no one's gonna pick her because Fred yeah <laughs> and since everybody seems to be like waving the Gogo flags she was great and like lady power and whatever <laughs> but, up, but Fred <laughs> but Fred I wanna have I wanna have drinks with science yeah I know right um, <laughs> my favorite thing about Bill Nye Jr. right I'm obsessed my favorite Stan Lee is I know. How can you not love I him? Almost but, but, Lee. but he might start Where? telling you weird things about his underpants. 
you know what? And then you'll find I out that you're having friends with guys for a real She's dating me. I was going to say, you'll find out you're having drinks with him on, like, day four of the underpants cycle. Uh, the, I, I got, I like Fred, too. Uh, I like, uh, that, I like that he narrates everything that he does. Like, when yeah. he's fighting. <laughs> Super jump, gravity smash. Like, everything. I falling song. hard. Oh, I like, I like his friend. journey. I was going to say, I like his. The amulet they found in yes. the bathroom. It's green. It's, it's probably, probably an emerald. emerald. <laughs> I like his friend's angel songs. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I like great. that. I like that. He has cast himself as the protagonist of yeah. all of this. Like, it's Fred's angels. It's yeah. not like Fred and anybody. It's not like all these other people and also Fred. It's like, no, Fred's angels. That's and that's so good. a great like, button to the none of the supporting characters got to necessarily be totally fleshed out. Yeah. It's like, they all had their power in service of Hero. And then there's Fred. And then there's Fred. like, yeah. don't buy it. Fred's angels. <laughs> They're following their leader. Fred. <laughs> God, no, he's so good. And I love TJ Miller is just the best. He's I love so TJ Miller so I much. I like that sign spinning is his special <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And my signs are on fire now. <laughs> well, and that feels like a very I, much... I want to know how much of that was written in and how much was, like, created in the room when TJ Miller just, like, got going. And well, they were like, oh, he's a sign spinner now. Okay, we'll just animate <laughs> that then. <laughs> well, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's something that very much again like appeals to kids because that's something that's totally something when you're kids when you're like a little kid you're playing like make believe you know army or superheroes in the in the backyard or whatever like yeah you totally you narrate everything that you're doing because otherwise how is your friend gonna know that you're doing a super jump i'm sorry that's only a kid thing every time i write a check that's all i do in the morning i just narrate my life constantly (laughs) i do that for post office buy some commemorative stamps but like no i mean it's like oh how is your friend gonna know that you're breathing fire right now or that you're shooting energy out of your hands unless you actually narrate that that's what what's happening so that feels like something that is just designed for kids to like fall in love with fred and obviously you know every kid is going to walk out of this like totally smitten with baymax we asked uh jake the one of the kids we were with who's your favorite he's baymax absolutely yeah, we're like so, who's your heart of the ghostbusters jake he picked baymax. he did he picked Baymax. and i mean i expect him to be i mean he is like the groot of this movie essentially he's the one that is sort of he's designed for you to fall in love with him. can i can i just say am i the only one who really wanted his name to be Betamax? <laughs> Did nobody like? Was that just me? Seriously? That might still be copyrighted. Yeah, I don't know they yeah. Don't. They may not have the rights yeah. to that shit. Um, I mean, yeah. it should probably be public domain at this point. Yeah. But it's not like anyone's using it. <laughs> it's not like anyone has any. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've wanted to mention. Which Did I, your heart of the Ghostbusters? No, I'm I'm in Fred camp. I'm all I'm on. I am. It didn't so get we, said. Oh no, sorry. No, no. I'm all. I am all Fred all the time. So we had the. So this time we had the inverse couple split. We did. We did. We 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 wife swapped. Uh, nope. Part of the Ghostbusters. Nope. 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 Jamie, right. you want to say nope with us, please? <laughs> She's not saying nope. It's okay. That means I'm not in trouble later. Uh, oh, right. I have much bigger problems than this. I can't <laughs> talk about this. Battle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that I think that probably just about wraps it up. Yeah, brings us up to date for us. Uh, next week, next week is the Hunger Games, Bing. Mocking Jay Part Uno, um, which I, you know I'm I'm excited about. I will I will say I had, like I'm not super into this franchise, but I feel like this is going to be the best one so far. Like I feel like uh, I'm I'm actually I've been excited for the last 
installment the whole time. So I've, I've always felt like this war is going to get start to get really interesting and start to hit the ground that really kind of appeals to me a little more. So um, if for nothing else, I'm kind of bored, done with the actual concept of the Hunger Games themselves, and I think that's done now. I mean, I'm no spoilers. I have no idea, but I feel like this is now just a movie about. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. Re revolution in a sort of post-apocalyptic, you know, society, and I'm kind of cool with that. So, Daily, have you not read the books before? No. I have not read the books before. Because Daily doesn't care about what I think about them. <laughs> yes, that's the reason. That is exactly okay. the only reason why. <laughs> but yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna do Mockingjay Part One next week. Hopefully, we're gonna have some other people on board with us next week. Yeah. Um, I think it could we be might have a crazy crowd. Could get depending. could could become madness. We'll you better, see. You better buy some more mics, man. Yeah, I might have to. So. Yeah, but we've done that before. That's that's for sure. So <laughs> we do um, every same thing we do every night. <laughs> um, but uh, first, thank you guys all for for joining us on this lovely adventure, Jamie, Jenna, Bartholomew. Pleasure as always. Thank uh, you for having us, Betty. Of course, Betty. <laughs> uh, you can follow along the blog uh, dailyscreening.com, and of course, follow me on uh, Facebook and on Twitter at Daily Screening. Uh, you can follow the podcast here on soundcloud and on itunes and then you know rate us and review us and give us give us stars give us many stars Bill, man we're looking at you yeah we've had fun talking i hope you've had fun listening have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow <laughs>